And this is Talking Pictures, our weekly review of movies and film. I'm Hollis Monroe, and joining us from an undisclosed location this morning is our resident film guru, Professor Film Encyclopedia Brown. Hello out there. And with me in the studio is Scott the Amazing Chrisman with um, A True Find. This is a mini-series, as it were, or a series on HBO Max that um, was based on a video game, and it's not terrible. Hello, Scott. <laughs> Hello. In fact, let's start with The Last of Us. Yes, uh, The Last of Us, which, as you say, has that video game pedigree, which is kind of uh, can be a, a millstone around your neck <laughs> as a uh, uh, thought of, oh, this is automatically going to be bad. But uh, So The Last of Us, Pedro Pascal, as you know from The Mandalorian and Wonder Woman, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, etc., and Bella Ramsey, who you might recognize from Game of Thrones and His Dark Materials. Mm -hmm. uh, the general premise of this is the same as what the game was. Uh, there's a fungus that mutates uh, over a period of time and then ends up uh, controlling the brain of its host, which turns them into a bloodthirsty zombie. And so nothing overly groundbreaking there uh, <laughs> other than the uh, method. Uh, the story follows a progression from the theory that this could happen uh, to a, uh, a jump in mutation where it does happen, to then the fall of society, and then a 20-year period after that uh, where we join the main story uh, with Pedro Pascal, who plays Joel Miller. We see the events uh, both during the fall of society and then later through both his family and neighborhood and the folks that he interacts with. So he's the main core storyline. I uh, really like the way they use time effectively. It was a nice setup, especially in the first episode, uh, sort of the, the past of, hey, there's this possibility that this thing could happen someday. And we've heard that from other places, too, of, oh, yeah, there might be a massive pandemic. There might be some other problem with the environment, things where, you know, enough things living together, something's going to change and there might be, a, might be an issue. Uh, so this covers a 50-year-ish span uh, but the main storytelling takes place in present day of 2023 after this event uh, 20 years in the past, where you see uh, society basically come apart in about four days. Yeah, <laughs> things true. Things uh, escalate quickly. So as an audience, we're left to piece together what's happened in the last 20 years because there's a title card after the main events that incite this, and then suddenly, hey, 20 years later, 20 years, goodness, you know, that's, that's a long period of time. Uh, so now we're following Joel, uh, who's become a hardened survivor turned smuggler in a largely militarized world, uh, quarantine zones controlled by the state, and then the general wild outside those borders. We're left to kind of wonder what all might be out there, uh, but he starts out in one of the quarantine zones, which is run by the government and has its own set of strict rules and various things. Around Boston, isn't it? Uh, yes, and uh, they've got... Um, then like a, a underground black market sort of uh, network that he is a part of. He's given a smuggling contract to deliver a special 14-year-old Ellie to a research lab several states away because she might hold the key to fixing this evolving disease. Uh, interesting with the coincidental pandemic overtones having come from real life, though the game was developed in 2013, came out, uh, so a lot of this was just sort of a general thought, and then they're able to write in with the show uh, some things we just went through in real life a little bit. Uh, so that adds to the ambiance and raised some interesting questions about what happens when society is faced with a massive challenge like this and how 
various people would respond. Uh, the main story is told through Joel and the girl's eyes, uh, but divert to other characters for an episode or two, deepening the understanding of the greater world. Uh, one particular recent episode guested Nick Offerman in a dramatic role. It was very touching. Nice yes, job it was. With uh, sort of exploring other offshoots of who else is in this world and what are they dealing with. So interesting way uh, to do that. Uh, of course, based on the video game in 2013, but storytelling in games now, I would say, rivals movies if you mm-hmm. do it well. Yes. Uh, we're well past the uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter of the 90s and Doom of the early 2000s where they've actually taken a real care with the content and made an effort to make it what the true story, uh, the heart of it was about. Uh, so it allows for a deeper uh, human story connection, much more cinematic than previous video game things we've seen. And also the longer format allows for a lot deeper character development. You get to spend some time with these people and not just two hours of shoot them up and leave. <laughs> uh, the effects in the production are right at home of the blockbuster movie. I thought the opening episode especially was as good as any big budget yeah, it thing It was cinematic, yes. Absolutely. Huge, huge set pieces and different things happening. Uh, if you like this uh, genre, I mean, it shares a lot of similarities with The Walking Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say it's... Maybe a little brighter in tone. I struggle with the adjective there, but it feels a little different. It's not quite as uh, grindingly depressing, at least yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, of course, that one's 10 seasons in, so various things have happened. But it's still quite dark. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for kids uh, no. at any means. But um, Pedro Pascal is fantastic, as is Bella Ramsey, who plays the, the teenage girl. Uh, if you like the apocalyptic genre, then there are many familiar pieces here. Uh, but the cast and storytelling make it an enjoyable exploration of the genre. Um, my only minor complaint thus far, and I'm only three, four episodes in, uh, it's a little slow to get started. But mm-hmm. that's true with anything. You need to establish the world. Uh, and I think they're working on putting in the foundation for what will likely be a several-season show. I uh, just hope they don't go too long and stretch the content farther than it needs to go. Uh, but doing doing pretty well thus far. Just a little bit, you know. Give it a couple episodes to get get things established. So I, I give it a B plus for now. I'm open to more. Um, certainly seems interesting to to find out where they're going with it. It's uh, available on HBO Max now. Well, thank you. Yes, I we've been watching it at home and absolutely love it so far. Yeah, I enjoy it too. Film. You've seen a uh, film that's. Nominated for an Oscar for cinematography, the uh, gentleman Roger Dinkins, the d- cinematography director. This yes. is his second nomination, and he won last year. This is his second nomination for an Oscar in two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been nominated quite a bit. He won it last year for 1917, mm-hmm. which is another of Sam Mendes, who wrote and directed this, Empire of Light. This is a 2022 film. Uh, it doesn't go 20 years back, but it uh, does... Uh, uh, just harken from last year. It's a wonderful film. It's a very quiet film. If you watch the films of Mendes, and I, this is a, a film that's based on a screenplay that he wrote and uh, not based on any uh, source material. So he had done 17. He did Spectre, Skyfall, so he's good in the Bond world. Mm-hmm. And American Beauty, if you remember that sometime back. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, the film deals with uh, a movie theater, which is The Empire, which is in Margate, England takes place over 1980, 1981, and a little bit later, and uh, focuses upon the employees of this movie theater. And I love movies that deal with movie theaters. And uh, what we have here is Hillary, who's played by Olivia Coleman, 
mm, who okay. does a fantastic job. She never phones in like I'm doing right now. She <laughs> never phones in a, a role. She's fantastic at this. She is uh, sort of the, the manager, if you will, of the theater. And she's uh, suffering from mental health issues. And she's being exploited by her boss, who's played by Colin Firth, who plays this really despicable, slimy uh, individual. Mm. Uh, likewise, befriends a new employee, played by Michael Ward, Stephen, who's an African-American uh, youth, who, think about this, during the 80-81 period, this is the Thatcher time of uh, big riots, uh, uh, recession is very heavy in uh, England at this time, and there's uh, lots of riots. As a matter of fact, we see a big riot that invades the movie theater at a certain point. Very mm. dramatic uh, mm. situation. The uh, the characters, uh, Toby Jones also is a really important character in this film. I love Toby Jones. Yeah, he plays the projectionist, which we don't have no more, right? Uh, true. Uh, but he plays the projectionist, and he really, one of the, the things I like about this film is it really shows how a theater operates from the ticket uh, counter to the concession to the uh, projection to the taking care of the theater itself. Uh, really beautiful uh, look at that. What these characters in their struggles find is a commonality is how movies connect them together. And uh, I think that the, the film balances a number of really sensitive subjects and does it well. Now, with these kind of subjects, you might think, oh, is it a Hallmark sort of Hallmark card <laughs> approach? No, I mean, it deserves the sniffles that it got from me anyway at the end. OK, uh, so deals with mental health issues really well, deals with racism, OK, both at the individual and the systemic levels. Also, workplace sexual harassment deals with that. Likewise, national turmoil, all of that sort of nestles into the empire theater, which I, I like films that deal mm. with using a locale to build around. And uh, this theater is sort of uh, maybe on its last legs or so, but it's been chosen to uh, premiere Chariots of Fire. So that's a big moment in the film. Uh, shows the uh, daily operation of a theater really well. Great performances, very touching. I enjoyed it a great deal. I don't know why Colvin wasn't nominated for an Oscar, mm. but I give it a thumbs up all around. All right, thank you very much. Folks, we want to know what you're watching. Tell us what you're giving thumbs up or thumbs down. Our email address is talkingpicks at kcck.org.